0: Welcome to the Conscious Writing Journeys mini interview series. I'm Marilyn Bosquin, founder of Writing Women's Lives Academy, where I teach women who are done with silence how to free your voice, claim your truth, and write your life experiences, your memoir stories with confidence, craft, and consciousness. And this interview series is a series of conversations with women who write memoir and personal narrative and who have cultivated a conscious writing practice as an integral part of their life, a part that's become very much um, a part of who they are and how they show up in every area of their life. And before I introduce you to today's guests, let me just say a few words about what I mean by conscious writing so that you have that context for these conversations. Conscious writing is a method of writing that I've developed and refined over a number of years now at Writing Women's Lives Academy to help women writers recover their authentic voice and sense of self through conscious writing and reading exercises that also help you to see beneath the surface of your story to the deeper story truth that wants to be told. So on the one hand, conscious writing is about, very much about being present, and embodied to your writing in the moment. But the conscious writing work that we do in Excavate Your Truth, Free Your Voice, and in other classes at Writing Women's Lives Academy, it goes beyond that because it raises your awareness about your identity as a female so that you can reclaim or recover parts of yourself that went into hiding at some point on your life's journey. Um, So in this way, the conscious writing we do at Writing Women's Lives Academy is a process of self-discovery, or one way I like to put it is a process of self-recovery, because what what we're doing is recovering our voices and ourselves from silence through writing. So there's a more in-depth description of conscious writing at excavateyourtruth.com. But if you're new to writing Women's Lives Academy, this gives you a a thumbnail sketch of the consciousness work that we do here in addition to learning the craft of writing memoir and personal narrative. So with that said, I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Um, Her name is Pamela Sample. And Pamela is a writer, a spiritual director, a leadership coach, and a retreat facilitator. She's known as an innovative thinker and a visionary individual who readily sees a bigger and more complex picture in people, work, and the world around her. She's also an oblate of St. Benedict at St. Placid Priory. And I hope I'm getting these uh, uh, these, uh Names of the place is correct in Lacey, Washington. And she's a sister of Belle Kerr. What makes her heart sing these days, and I just love this, is the work she's doing on a series of hybrid memoir essays that will eventually become her full-fledged memoir. And you can learn more about her, about Pamela and her offerings at her website, which is PamelaSample.com. Uh, sample is S-A-M-P-E-L.com. So um, without further ado, welcome, 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 Pamela. It is so good to be with you today. Thank you, Marilyn. And you
1: did great on everything, all the names, all the funny little uh, <laughs> abbreviations. Great.
0: Okay. Um, well, that was, that was like a stab in the dark, so that was, that's good to know. Um, you, you know, we, I, we, Pamela and I, just before this conversation, we were uh, trying to remember when we first met, um, when she first took excavate your truth for your voice um here at writing women's lives academy and we we figured out that it was the first class that i taught online which was in the summer of 2014. Um, and so pamela it's just been such a joy and a privilege for me to 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 see you grow as a writer over the years Um, and just to really come into your own to that place where you're now you know writing your memoir and beginning it in the the hybrid pieces that you're doing and so you know I would love to start love to for us to start by asking you to share with us your you know your writing history or your your path that led you to writing women's lives academy and to the conscious writing journey that you're on today sure
1: Um, well first of all um thank you I uh it's such a pleasure to do this. It's such a pleasure to talk about, um, first of all, writing because it's so near and dear to our hearts, and but also my journey because uh, the last three years really for me have been instrumental and a kind of trans. I mean, I, it's a. I know it's a trendy word, but literally transformative for myself because while I've always written. And I've tiptoed around calling myself a writer. Um, I've I've used the word writer. The reality is in the last three years, I have really become a writer and I own being a writer. Mm-hmm. And um, of course it's, it's the culmination of, you know, the journey I've taken, but it has a an enormous amount to do with the, the intersection of our worlds and my taking your work because <clears throat> the, um, part about uh consciousness and silencing and the cultural conditioning for women around our voices really unleashed my understanding your teaching about that really unleashed for me a whole new level of understanding about voice and so i have you to really thank for that and um i've always written. I've 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 written from I mean diary letters. I was an avid this will this will tell my age um, pen pal. I had I pen pals um, when I was young, and um, I have still somewhere copious amounts of boxes of letters and things that I wrote uh, to people. I don't know. I kept copies, or letters came to me, and then I'd copy them, and it, it just always been part of my soul and um you know unfortunately for me i for I mean there's many good things about my upbringing one I was raised around a lot of books I had access to libraries and that's how I saved myself by reading and um my family though was a very traditional midwestern family security job security have a career uh, you know something that's tangible and this notion of being a writer in my family just didn't exist. So, you know, to me, it was always kind of on the side or a hobby. Or I never dreamed that I would, like, make a living as a writer or that, that a major portion of my life's work or energy would be around writing. So, um, you know, I did the traditional thing. I went to business school, and I had a career. But I always wrote. And I always took, uh, I started to explore um, workshops and, you know, weekend things and weeks here and there. And I was struck by a couple of things. Um, One was that the women particularly that I would meet really, there were, it was, it was very common stories to mine in that writing was something they did on the side and, but was very important to their soul. And I was very struck by that. And I was also struck by people really struggling to nurture their writing and develop their writing and the struggle that that was. And so, you know, fast forward to 2014, and I really have done a lot of writing um, events, workshops. I've really cultivated myself on the outside of my career. But it was something that I saw online about. Uh, excavate your voice that grabbed me in a way that nothing else ever had maybe something really early on but I was too young to understand it and it was about the concept of silencing and the notion that as women culturally we don't even know how that happens but it does and I consider myself a feminist and I'm well read and I'm very (laughs) privileged and yet I had this aha when I signed up for the class and we started down the path of doing the readings and doing the exercises, just how much I also had been silenced. That my the whole notion that I didn't think I had a story because my story was so mundane or so Midwestern or somebody's already written these stories, it it was a discounting. And it was this huge, um, well, it was just a light bulb going off for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I just dove from that point on and just, it was kind of like a lid, a a lid popped off. And the, the, the depth of my writing dropped, uh, or, or, or you could say it ascended, you know, two levels in terms of me being able to access real feelings and real, the essences of my story because I decided basically,
0: I don't know if I can swear because I swear a lot, but. (laughs) (laughs) Cussing is like a, cussing is what, a holy language, right? (laughs) Yes, that's
1: right. You know, I just basically decided, fuck it. I'm going to talk about what was real in my family for me. I'm going to share my journey. I'm going to talk about what it was like to grow up with a very, very emotionally dominant father and the effect it had on me, even though it's not the nice thing to do. And we don't air our dirty laundry and all of these other things that I had learned. So that's, you know, I mean, that's three decades worth of my adult life kind of it writing life and it's coming to a head and that you know it is really and I think I shared this with you that I actually am thinking about pursuing an MFA
0: oh right yes mm-hmm.
1: I the the notion of studying with like-minded people and really committing myself to something that I've always wanted to do but mm-hmm. that I never thought you should do or could do because you you know how, how is this going to work and, and let that kind of those things be damned. You know, it's just, this is my soul's calling.
0: Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful, Pamela. And, you know, I would love to hear about the early on, you said that you had often tiptoed around calling yourself a writer and now you own being a writer. And can you say some more about what, um, that process in and of itself was like for you f- going from, you know, being tentative, I guess in a sense, right? Tiptoeing around calling yourself a writer is in a sense being tentative about who you really are and now claiming or owning that you're a writer. Um, just in the context of the story you just told, you know, that you're now c- considering pursuing an MFA. Um, just, Would love to hear you say more about what that's been like for you. Um, You know, it sounds like so much like your soul's journey, but anything else you have to say about that?
1: Well, (laughs) um, I know it's my soul's journey. I know I'm moving in the right direction. And um, I will say this. It is very, still, for me, because it's so new and it's so... um, Fresh, it is. I still have um, days and moments and hours where I'm like, "What am I doing?" I mean, and the fear. There's still a great deal of fear. In fact, I'm actually working on a essay about fear and how it is accompanying me on this journey. And I'm not going to let it drive you know the steering wheel here. And, and just that struggle to do that. Um, it, it's been empowering in the sense of I know it's right, but it, it just continues to teach me how strong the conditioning is to not do this and to play small and to not claim my voice. And that piece, I realize, needs to be talked about more. Mm -hmm. And that I'm doing it anyway, damn it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) And I don't, you know, I don't know the outcome. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just clear. I, I just, I have to do this um, Mm. at this stage in my life. You know, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm 57 years old. And while I have a great, you know, I have no plans to take off soon and I have a great amount of longevity in my family. Um, there is There does come a point when you sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel and you think, How do I really want to live my life
0: mm.
1: and how What kind of legacy and what kind of record do you want to leave in the world, and how do you want to leave and um, I think writing for me is a huge piece of that. Mm. I, and claiming my voice you know speaking my voice into the world, and um but you know it definitely <laughs> there are moments when when that um, silencing really rears its head. Mm-hmm. But, you know I have created um one of the things that we do, as you well know is is uh, work on crafting a uh, place. For our writing, so I have an office that's dedicated to that. I, for the first time in my adult life, I claimed a room in my house entirely that is mine. Hmm. Um, I don't share it with anybody. I don't have. Um, I'm. I made my partner get rid of everything in here that was his. I mean, we put it into another place, but. Um, and it's small, but it works and it made a big difference for me. And I also, um, have a, you know, a practice where I'm committing to writing a certain number of hours a week and I treat it like my job Mm -hmm. and, um, it is my job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, but you can see how my language is even, uh, shifting to, to to talk about it like my job, but sometimes I still slip back. And say, well, I'm going to treat it like my job as opposed to, well, it is my job. And when I was, you know, an executive and a worker, I was very responsible. You know, I I was in my office every day for decades and working hard. And, you know, even on days I didn't feel great, I was still there unless I was just flat out totally sick. But so that's kind of what I'm doing now.
0: Um, Mm.
1: and, you know, making a difference.
0: Mm. Wow. And, you know, and that's what really strikes me is how, you know, the work that you've done on – you know that that self recovery process, that recovery of your voice and yourself, has been. You know it just goes so far beyond that. That the the conscious writing that we do um, as a way to recover yourself and your voice. Here you've claimed your space. You've claimed your writing identity. And when you say you know that you've got this time set aside, you've you've claimed your writing time. Um, and so it just. It's such a beautiful thing for me to hear how so much of you has emerged, you know, through because you know you really um, had these aha moments through the conscious writing process, and you know that the your your comment, "I'm doing it anyway, damn it." I mean, I think you should put that you know up in your office, (laughs) you know, someone put it on the front door, you know, and it just reminds me so much because. Of a of a young friend we have, I have here in Lynchburg, uh, my friend Mara's daughter, Lucy, is five. And when she was, maybe she was three or four, um, she is, there's a rule in their house, they're not allowed to eat upstairs. Oh, and so goodness. Lucy had taken a donut and she was tiptoeing toward the stairs and she got herself halfway up the stairs, kind of, you know, kind of hiding her donut. And my friend Mara saw her and said, up uh, Lucy, we, you know, we don't go upstairs and Lucy, with food and Lucy looked back and then she started running up the stairs and she said, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And it just, you know, yeah. reminds me so much of, you know, I'm doing it anyway, damn it. Like, you know, to see like when you're three, when we were three, that's what we, we knew that we were doing it anyway, right. you know, rules be damned, right? right. And right. that, um, that you're reclaiming that here, you know, many decades later, um, you know, as you said, you know, as you're looking at the the other, the, the last part of your journey, you know, whereas hers is just beginning. Um, but I just, that, that came to mind and I just love that connection between, Uh, I guess that spirit, you know, I'm doing it anyway, damn it. Um, That spirit of who you really are. I mean, there's your voice right there, right? Right.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think that's the piece that I have really come to claim through this process in the last three years that, you know, as strong as I was in my other life, as, as as good as an executive and leader I was, And I definitely had a leader voice and I definitely had a presence and I definitely was a confident and good at what I did, but there was always something inside like some, this kernel, this bud of who, you know, like an onion, you know, really the core of who I was was not expressed fully in that world. And that's, what I've come to realize that that needs to be, that, that bud needs to be nourished and fed and tended to and encouraged and given good soil. And let's see what it, what it grows in to be, what it flowers into be, because otherwise it's not going to. And the world will miss out. And I don't know yet what that's going to be. And I think that's the other single biggest thing that you really helped me understand is that we don't know when we start the end. Mm -hmm. And that's been as a creative person and really coming into that creative place, owning that, knowing that I will be shown the way through my work my voice will take me there, will take me where I need to go. And it's, it's not for me to see the end product at this point. Mm-hmm. Or the end part of the journey that, you know, it it really is about the journey and just keep going.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and so much um, is about, you know, the, the, the way that we write beneath the silence um, in excavate your truth is just one of it always strikes me that you know when we are together in sisterhood a group of women writing as females and writing beneath silencing and and you know the way you put it how it's kind of like we're fish in water right it's so hard to believe that we too that we've all internalized that silencing yeah. um, but that that beneath that silencing You know, there's that that deeper. I always call it what you know the story that wants to be told, as opposed to the story that we set out to tell. Because we we know the surface of our of the story, but we often um, haven't quite yet integrated um, the deeper story that wants to be told. And it sounds like that's this process of, um, you allowing yourself to not know what the outcome of your writing will be so that you're actually following the, um, the pulse, if you will, you know, that the heartbeat of that deeper story that wants to be told, um, allows you to discover what it is as, you know, like it shows it to you. It presents itself to you. If you kind of, um, get out of its way. And I don't mean that in the sense of, I mean, I'll use my own self as an example. I mean, I have, I so I still will catch myself trying to control my story. Like I will try <laughs> to control it because I want it to go a particular way. And then I'll get an image will come to mind or something that just, you know, my deeper, wiser writing self telling me, you know what, Marilyn, uh, hello, <laughs> you know, pay attention because that's where the story wants to go. And I, it sounds so much like you know you're deep into that process, and you know, do you want to say anything about um Pamela any discoveries or ahas that you've had about that story that wants to be told that you perhaps um, you know maybe you didn't want to discover it, or maybe you were just you know well,
1: <laughs> i mean I think for me and I, I I sort of alluded to this earlier, but i uh, the I, what's, what struck me and and as such a surprise was the way that I really had been controlled by and conditioned. Uh, I thought I had rejected all that. I left, you know, the Midwest. I went to graduate school. I did all these things. and, And I was like really clear, like I am choosing to not do X, Y, and Z. And I'm claiming, you know, A, B, and C over here. But when i when I really delved into my writing and I let the stories come out and I really pushed myself and i I just let things flow, and I wrote what was coming, I had these ahas about, oh my gosh, I really have I really did take on the mantle of the quiet, good girl. You know, I had equated it with being the responsible executive and the responsible career chooser. Like that as as a way of maturity, but I, it, the aha was seeing no. That's the way I was silenced. That's the way I owned the conditioning and silenced myself. And if I really, through my writing, I realized, oh my gosh, if I had really, really, really realized this, I would have started this process of being a writer. And you know, when I was in my twenties. In terms of really claiming it and pursuing it, um, but I, I just didn't know. Yeah, I, I had think,
0: no clue. Yeah, and I think it, it, it
1: was really—I mean, I remember almost shaking at my desk when the realization of how much of a caretaker I really am. Hmm. And I thought I chose not to have children, and I thought, okay, that's going to take care of that. Well, guess what? You can still be a huge caretaker even if you're not a parent. Hmm. You know And it was writing that really showed me this. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with caretaking, but you know when it when it shuts down your essence of yourself because you have no time or no room, or you don't think that what you have to say is important vis-a-vis other people, then it's a problem.
0: You know, I once had a, a mentor um, who said to me the difference between caretaking it the thing about caretaking is caretaking is you're caretaking someone else and what you're not doing is taking care of that person But yeah. caretaking lacks that taking care of but it also you know the the inverse is it, it leaves us in the dust as well
1: yes
0: um and that image of you shaking at your desk pamela when you realized in essence that you know No matter where we go, until we do the inner work, we take the internalized silencing with us um, through no fault of our own at all. But it's just such a, you give such a, uh, um, you give voice and words to what we as women are up against when we sit down to write because there are, you know, the the conditioning that we've learned to be, as you put it, the good girl can just trans, it can so easily um, sort of translate into other roles that we take on in our life. Um, And, you know, can make it hard to even um, give ourselves the time and space um, and energy to invest in our writing, you know,
1: and we also are so afraid of hurting other people and while I you know I've had to really understand um what kindness is what and what compassion what compassion is and Mm -hmm. the difference between being nice and being kind and being compassionate including to myself Mm -hmm. my voice and the Mm -hmm. importance of being compassionate toward myself and being nurturing toward myself, and taking care of myself, is really, I believe, my spiritual. I, you know, it's my spiritual calling, uh, and my and what the path that is being revealed to me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and go ahead.
0: I was just going to ask you where um, where does your writing um where's your writing on that your spiritual calling path that path of your spiritual calling
1: well that's what i believe is my spiritual i mean i believe yeah, yeah, what yeah. the divine is saying to me that your work is writing your spiritual work is writing that Beautiful. developing your voice is the path that that the divine in me is asking to come up, to be revealed. And, and, and it's, it is what I do believe for all of us. It's if we can get to the end of our journeys, whenever they are, and we know that we have somehow accessed or expressed our divine in the world, however, that may be okay. many, many, you know, any, many things are accessing that, but then that's, that's success. That's, that's a, a life well lived and and that's the gift to the world because mm-hmm. it's magic and its mystery and i believe for me that is what i am being called to do
0: mm. and you know it just I, I love that you put it in terms of being a gift and a contribution because it's 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 a service, you know. Yeah. Our writing is a service to this world, and um, you know that that the divine in you has this is calling you to write. I love that you put it in those terms because I think that writing is a powerful action. Like I think of, I actually think of writing as a social action. You know that we, by yeah. writing and um, all of us telling our stories and crafting them into art that speaks at that deeper level of human experience, you know, the universal truth that all of our stories hold. Um, And of course those are things we get into in excavate your truth and and other classes. Um, But that's of service to the world because that wakes the world up, right? So the conscious writing that we do is actually not only bringing us into conscious awareness of who we are and what our path is and what our calling is um, and and puts us in in connection with our authentic voice and self. But it also by sharing our unique experience um, and shaping it into shaping the emotional truth of that experience, those stories raise the cultural consciousness as well because our readers then have the experience of a moment of awareness or aha. You know, we've all had those moments when we're reading something that's so beautiful that we it just brings sudden tears to our to our eyes because there's been a shift. We've been touched. Um and that is, you know, it's the equivalent of the beautiful uh, you know, beautiful things in nature in the world that that just give us pause and make us be help us to become more present. You know, just pull us into the present and the beauty of the moment. Um, you know, stories like so many flowers out in the world.
1: Right. It's how humans connect through. Story. Oh yes. It's yeah. how our brains work. Yeah. Constantly making stories and filming a story in our heads and. And it is the way we connect heart to heart with other humans,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, not platitudes, you know, not rules, but story
0: yeah and and that 's when we're we think about yearning for more or something deeper it 's that deeper story truth because that's that is where we connect, and it 's where we 're yeah. vulnerable, and yeah. vulnerability is of course you know, that's where we, we have to walk that line of, okay, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm doing it anyway, damn it. I mean, you could say that to your fear every single time you sit down to your desk, right? Because I'm sure that fear, it's not like it doesn't follow you, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, mm. and, and I just, you know, absolutely feel, especially now in the world and, and in the United States, the world of, for us as women to Mm -hmm. really, really be clear about what's okay with us and what's not. And we have to speak up. You know, we have to express our voice, our story, what's okay, what's not, Mm -hmm. because no one else is going to do that. And we're learning that if we don't, it can be taken away.
0: Yeah, and it's, yeah, and what a, how, um, well, well, yeah. We've all yeah. been walking around <laughs> in some kind of shock, right? Yeah. And at the same time, knowing what I know about internalized silencing and internalized sexism and in the larger culture, and on a le- there's a level at which I'm just not surprised. You know, that it's, it looks to me like this backlash. And the yeah. backlash, of course, comes against um, so many marginalized groups, but certainly women's uh, voices. Um, And, you know, and that brings me to um, one more thing I would love to hear you um, talk about, and that is, you know, what you're saying about getting our, you know, making sure that our voices and our stories are out in the world. And, you know, in my experience uh, myself and in, in so many women that I talk to about writing, that's a really, really hard thing to do in a vacuum on our own can you talk about what your experience writing within sisterhood doing this process of conscious writing and writing beneath silencing to your authentic self? um, What, uh, how doing that within a sisterhood um, impacted your, um, your writing and your recovering of your voice and yourself from silence?
1: Well, you know, it's about um, for me, I use the word tribe
0: mm-hmm. because
1: of the connotations of the word and the power of the word and writing and sisterhood is and is writing and finding my tribe the tribe that supports me the tribe that cries with me the tribe that says oh my god i have that same experience or you know i've done that same thing or i have that same fear and there's comfort and in those numbers and there's and also just the women I've met who are committing to this path and are it's it's like having a you know a work networking group where in whatever field you're in when you're in writing and knowing you can talk shop with people and uh, you know, emotional shop as well as the craft of shop. And you know, I, I, I had this I have a good friend, longtime friend who's a poet, very uh, very established poet. and she told me not that long ago how she was going through a period of real despair about her work and her voice. And, and you know, this is a woman with published books, and, and I just was blown away when I was sitting there listening to her talk about that. And, and then I just looked at her and I said, Oh my God, you know, I, that never goes away. And it's amazing how you're, you know, you still experiencing that. And, and yet I was also able to tell her, Oh my gosh, your work is so important and it's helped me in so many ways. And, you know, so it was this kind of, realization of kin, kindred spirit, and also support for one another. And, Mm -hmm. and so, you you know, coming into this, this group, this tribe, and I've met, you know, I've met, and I've also, I've met women all over the world um, who are doing their thing and also learning from other women all over the world about what it's like to live in a completely different culture or with not the rights that I have or not the extraordinary privileges that I've had. And it's, it's really opened my eyes and, um, and just been critical to, to, to who I am as a human being, to my, you know, my own growth as a human being.
0: Mm. Um,
1: and I just, and I believe it is what the world needs Yeah, more than anything. And mm. I think a huge, huge, huge piece of, what we're seeing in our world is because women's voices have been silenced Mm -hmm. and not just here in our culture, but uh, you know, uh, all across the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, just this morning on the writing out loud um, sisterhood Facebook page, which for anyone listening, uh, writing women's lives Academy has a Facebook group called, writing the writing out loud sisterhood and you're welcome to come join us there. Um, Just you go to that group on Facebook and hit the join button. But just today I posted a very, um, it sounds so simple, this quote, but it's Rebecca Solnit. Um, Her voice is her power is the quote. And it's just everything that you're saying, you know, that that is where we find our power. Um, And, your friend, the poet, who, despite her success, right, what we would consider a very successful writer, um, that she's in despair of where's her real voice, you know, that's another part of the consciousness work that we do in reclaiming our voices because it is work that we get really, we get much, much better at it. But that, that piece of the consciousness work where we claim, um, the truth of who we are as writers, as opposed to who the inner critic tells us every minute of every day that we are right. Because then we will never sit down and write. And so that's, you know, another thing, another reason that I say every time, you know, a woman writer sits down to write, she is not just up against the writing itself, but has to kind of find her way through, um, that fear and that silencing that inner critic that, that that is there. Um, And, and I, and while you were talking, there was a bird, I don't know if you heard it, but in the background, Pamela, there was a bird chirping on your end. And it just sounded like that bird was there saying, yes, Pamela, yes. You know,
1: that's great. You know, I I will say you just, you you made me remember one thing. I think I said this to you one point about excavate your voice. It's like really intense, but effective therapy that works and is fun at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, you get, you, you go through and you really learn these things about yourself. You do the self-reflective work, but you're also creating something at the same time. And you're learning so much about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, as someone who's done a lot in her life, I just, I was so struck by those. I think I took two core, two classes or two or three, and then we worked together one-on-one. Just, I mean, I did like 30 years worth of work in two and a half years <laughs> and, and yeah. I didn't, and it wasn't painful. Um, so.
0: Well, and isn't that a testimony to the power of, of our writing to connect us with the truth of who we are and that divine within, I mean, our wise writing self, I, I don't separate that from the divine within us, right? right? That's our, that is our inner guide. Right. Um, our voice is our, inner guide. And, and, and that's why, you know, it's so, it's interesting that you make that comparison to therapy because people will often say to me, Oh my God, you're like better than a therapist. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm not a a therapist. I, you know, Um, but I think that is testimony in, in no way to me, but to the power of our stories to transcend those um, limiting beliefs that we walk around with that we spend so much time in therapy and in therapy, I've, I've spent a lot of time in therapy. I, this is in no way a criticism of therapy. It's been very, very useful to me in my life. And many of my clients, if the, especially if they're writing hard stories, they will also do some form of a therapy or um, a, a modality that helps move the healing, you know, in addition to the writing. Um, but the, the power of the writing like I said, to transcend the limiting beliefs so that that starts to, it is, there's a velocity to it, right? We tap into that. Right. And the other thing that I think is so powerful about our writing is that there's no one, um, how will I say this? Like, there's no one outside of us that we're filtering what we're saying through and on some unaware level, censoring what we're saying just by the mere fact of someone being there on the receiving end. It's right. like, it's us in relationship to our wise writing self. And so we're, we're deepening that relationship and it takes a little time, right, to get through the um, the ways that we doubt ourselves. But once we really deepen that relationship with our deep wise writing self, it's like, that's That is the velocity. That's the, okay, here we go. You're still here. You were never actually That This is beneath the wound. That's where we're writing from, you know, um, as a way of making sense of it and and putting it all together into a whole story that strikes that deeper universal truth that then touches others. Um, So I guess that's like the the biggest difference between therapy. Like we're making it into art. We're making sense of our experiences for others as well. Right. Um,
1: Very definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, Pamela, anything else that you want to say about your experience with writing or anything you would want to share with others, um, other women who are, you know, at whatever stage they're at um, on their own writing journey. I mean, here at Writing Women's Lives Academy, it, women who've never written before come and take a class. Women who have written for decades come and can be in the same class and experience w- from wherever they're at really deep, um, I get, you know I, back to your word, transformational work. But anything you want to share, um, uh, you know, since you... I,
1: well, I, the one thing I... I would love to share is, is about the importance and the value of starting wherever you are, no matter what. And if you've always harbored a secret, you know, Oh, I'd like to try that. Or, Oh, I don't think I, I just, I write in my journal or I write letters or I just write about my family. I would just so encourage you to any woman to, um, step into it and the and claim it and and do something you know take a class go online join the facebook group own that piece of you that says um that longs for that uh connection to other women who are claiming their voices and who are stepping into the world of writing and um Uh, one of the things that I do do and that I love doing um, as a result of both my past life and my current life now in writing is, is uh, facilitate um, once a year in a magical place, uh, a retreat for women writers of all levels where all we do is create a week where we create opportunities for ourselves to write in an amazing place and we don't critique we don't analyze we just create space to write and an environment that nurtures us and then we read our work aloud if we choose at night Mm. and it's an amazing experience and i feel this is i'm going to be doing it now the third year and uh i any i any of you who are interested in this check it out on my website and I know you and I've talked about it Marilyn and um it's just I I can't really words can't describe it Uh, you have to experience it because of the transformative power of being with other women working together and living together just for the purpose of expressing our voices for a week Mm. it's a magical experience
0: Yes, and I want to let me repeat your website just so uh, people know it's it's Pamela Sample. It's Sample, but it's you know Sample S A M P E L dot com. Pamela Sample, and so we can find um, a link to this uh, information about this yeah. retreat there. And and yes, I want, I, I you know, once again, I, this year didn't work for me timing wise. And next, I'm going to have you tell me exactly, as soon as you know the date for 2018, I want to be the first person on that list because that is like a dream. That's just a dream to be able to have um, a week devoted to... Um, you know, just prioritizing the writing time and space and, and talk about, you know, talk about something very holy and spiritual, you know, to be able to do that and to honor, to honor. Well, voice and, I, and
1: frankly, you know, Marilyn, one of the things, one of the reasons I do it is that we do not yeah. do this for as women. Yeah. We do not, I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to a woman who said, Oh, I, I couldn't do that. I have this or that. Or, and I'm like, but what if you created the space to do that? What if you f- arrange for the babysitter? or the? And one woman actually this year told me, she said, you know what? I don't actually know if I could do that. I don't know if I could be in that way for a week, not having anyone to take care of. And we had a really profound conversation about that. Because it was an aha for her, and um, that's part of the experience is um, is coming and letting that happen for yourself.
0: Right, right. So,
1: yeah. I'll, yeah, i anyway. I'm happy <laughs> that it's a passion yeah. of mine, and it combines my love of creation and facilitation and surprise and mystery, and and then my love of writing. Mm-hmm. And the amazing women that come and it's small cause I it's geared for introverts because even though, it. you know, we're sitting here talking, you and I, I'm, a, I'm an introvert at heart. So, um, uh, it's an, it's, it's an amazing experience to be an introvert with other introverts.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I would love to invite you to, um, to, share with us something that you're working on, your own writing, um, just to give us a peek into what you're up to, if you would. Um, I, you know, at the end of our uh, classes, at the end of Excavate Your Truth for Your Voice, after at the, the 12th week, we do a, a reading, um, a virtual reading together, and I, it's always such a profound experience to hear you know where people are with their writing and the the amazing beautiful writing um and just to hear people's voices and i would love for us to hear your voice right now to to end our interview if you um if you'd be willing to share something with us
1: um i would love to thank you for the invitation and um when you had asked me to think about this i I thought long and hard about what I wanted to do. And I actually am going to share a work in process. I took a poetry class for the last uh, 16 weeks and I'm learning, I've learned to uh, craft uh, more what I, what are called hybrid pieces, which Mm -hmm. seems to work very well for me right now in accessing my story as well as learning to get to the essence of the story. So I'm going to share three short pieces, um, This is a much, it's a longer piece, but it's divided into about 12 short pieces. And I'm going to share three that are chronological, but that are not back to back to back, just because of time. So Mm, if you're related enough, I think you'll get the story. And the title right now, the work in process title of the overall piece is called Turquoise Yearnings. One. You will turn 16 as 1980 begins. We sit a foot apart, sunk on the oversized sofa in your mom's art studio-turned-living room, and watch the revelers in New York City on the Magnavox wind down their boozy celebrations. You plead for a first kiss relentlessly. I refuse, although I notice how your t-shirt stretches across your sculpted shoulders after the third ask. I am 20 and the best friend of your older sister. A sister passed out in her bedroom from too much Boone's farm. You do not relent. You cajole, needle, beg, flatter. You rise, pace the room, listing the reasons why this kiss would be the best thing. It would be an honor, a privilege. I'd be helping, educating. It would be less traumatic. It would be fun, easy, something to remember. The grandmother clock in the corner ticks toward midnight. At 12.02 a.m., I relent. Okay, all right, enough, I'll kiss you. You hop to your feet, pulling me with you, determined not to waste the moment or let me change my mind. I notice your turquoise eyes and freckled cheeks, your bristly hair. We lean in, our lips touch. Your hands on my shoulders pull me closer. And we kiss like lovers, learning secrets. Two, I don't need sex. After midnight at the end of a sticky Iowa summer in 1981, we walk down 43rd away from your mom's house towards town under periodic spots lit by humming streetlights. We move in and out of darkness. Sometimes we hold hands even though it's 92 degrees. Our walking bodies bump into each other, then move apart in politeness. Sweat runs rivulets down the side of your neck, across your shoulders, down your shirtless back. In two days, I leave for graduate school in Seattle. Your senior year of high school starts tomorrow. We walk for blocks in silence. Cicada sounds swell, then fade. My sandals squeak. I don't want a girlfriend, you know. I don't need sex either. We walk, and I don't say anything, but a dread percolates in my gut. I knew it would come to this. I know it's right to leave, but my body betrays me, screams, no, no, no. My lips move, but nothing happens. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sex is nice. I mean, it's actually great, but I don't need it. Tears form and I fight them. I can't let you see. I can't let you know I never want this to end. I let go of your hand. Part four. My mother neglected to tell me she invited you. In December 1989, I stand at the top of the staircase of my childhood Iowa home in full bridal regalia. Tiny crystals on my dress clink as I step down towards the living room where close family and friends await. The front door opens in the foyer below. You shake snow off your shoulders and step inside. There is a woman close behind you, a woman who is not your wife. You glance up the staircase and in three steps you stand on the step below. Your arms encircle my waist and lift and squeeze my gown body into yours. You look incredible, you whisper. It is so good to see you. I hug in return tears pool and I cannot breathe despite the don'ts running in my head I hug you harder as if doing so would transport us out of the house away from everyone and out of the now my mother neglected to tell me she invited you I do not remember meeting the woman your girlfriend who is not your wife I know she was there and I know I met her but I do not remember Later, after toasts and tears, we sit side by side on the gold sofa laughing. My gowned left thigh against your right. My new husband sits next to me and the unseen girlfriend next to you, or so I imagine. You place your hand on my leg and let it rest there, heavy and hot. My eyes flicker and I shudder. I rest my head on your shoulder as I place my hand on my husband's leg. Guest mention it's great. We're still such good friends. I never want you to leave, but you have to, and you do. I walk you to your car, shuddering this time from the cold that I know will keep us from dallying. You kiss my cheek, your lips soft and warm. You squeeze my hands. Our eyes meet. This time my tears flow. I say nothing. Goodbye, sweetie. It was so good to see you, you whisper and then you are gone.
0: Oh, wow, oh, Pamela, thank you so much for sharing that. And wow, oh, I'm eager to read the whole piece. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna hear the whole piece and just, wow, how there, it was just um, the spaciousness, the, the way there's just such presence um, in, in that, that beautiful writing, uh, talk about voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. It's so good to hear uh, what you're up to right now with your work. Thank you,
1: thank uh, so, you. pleasure.
0: Yeah, we'll all look forward to. Is that part of the the um, memoir in progress? Yes. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. We're, yes. So one day, everyone listening, I don't know, you may be <laughs> the first uh, among the first to have heard from from Pamela's memoir in progress. Um. So. Um, You know, I want to say before we close, just to anyone listening who is interested in um, starting your own conscious writing journey and, uh, you know, in integrating writing um, into your life as part of your consciousness path. please feel free to check out um, the upcoming course, Excavate Your Truth, Free Your Voice. And you can uh, find out more about it. There's a description at excavateyourtruth.com. And if you have any questions at all, just feel free to email me at Marilyn at Lives.com. Or you can find me and also Pamela hangs out there um, as well at the Writing Out Loud Sisterhood on Facebook um, Well, Pamela, this has been such a joy and such a treat, uh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and your generous, generous insights into your own writing process, you know, uh, just because I think we all, uh, we we all speak for so many of us uh, once we actually share our experiences.
1: Sure. Thank you. This was just an amazing start to my day. So um, I really appreciate it. And, I'm off to go write.
0: Oh, wonderful. Well, take us all with you and send you much writing, love, and joy. Thanks, Marilyn. Um, Okay. All right. Bye-bye, Pamela.
1: Bye-bye.